There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast with myself, Robert Grieve, and with me today is Derek McGregor. Hi, Robert. Good morning, Derek. Uh, morning. A frantic day yesterday, was it really? wasn't really at all, was it, Derek? With the transfer deadline day in Scotland, otherwise known as Wednesday, not much happened, really. A few deals got done, but um, what was the deal that struck you? Was there anything that excited you about yesterday, Derek? Yeah, I wouldn't say excited, no. no I You're really, you are really excited, Derek, are you? I think Tony Andrew to Dundee United, on the face of it, looks very good business for Ray McKinnon. It's not happened for Andrew at Norwich, but I think we all remember the impact he had up here with Hamilton. If he can recapture that for that's a terrific signing for Dundee United they've clearly pushed the boat out to get him so credit to them for ambition in that respect I'm intrigued also by James Madison at Aberdeen I know Celtic were watching him last season as well and again like Andrew it's not happened for him at Norwich but something tells me that could be a shrewd one Robert I think that, I think that could be one of those ones that works out for Aberdeen what does it tell us, Derek, the fact that we're sitting here this morning and the two the, the two biggest deals or the two most exciting deals that you're talking about are coming from United and Aberdeen? Is that a good thing or were we expecting more from Rangers and Celtic yesterday? I certainly was expecting Celtic to do a bit of business. I thought they were going to try and get a, an attacking midfielder in. I, th- I think they were certainly trying to do it, but should we have, should we have expected more from, from Celtic and, and from Rangers? Especially Celtic getting into the Champions League now, Derek. They've got a bit of money there. I thought they were going to do a bit of spending. I think you're right, Robert, certainly, particularly with Celtic. Senderos had been kind of billed for about a week, so that in itself, I think it probably lost impact by the time it got done. Nevertheless, Senderos' CV is outstanding, but it'd been well-trailed, so... And, of course, he was, what, the 11th signing for Rangers? Well, let's, let's look at that one, Derek, because obviously we did a story at the time about Julian Lescott being the number one target, and he was clearly the one that Mark Warburton wanted Sendros has now come in, he was training with the club for a, a week or ten days, he was told pretty much he wasn't the one he wanted and he, and he left. He knows that he wasn't the number one target, he knows he wasn't exactly wanted but here he has signed a one year contract. Is that a difficult situation for him? I think so, that's a good point you make Robert. I mean, I, I, I mean the impression I got with Sendros was the reason it took so long to be done was because he suddenly realised that Rangers needed him. And I think he was probably keeping his options open to the... Well, by all accounts, he did have a number of options. That, that was the word we're hearing from Rangers in the last day or two, that he did have five or six decent options in the end up, and he was maybe, you just say, weighing those up before he decided on Rangers. You would expect somebody of his experience and CV to have other options. I'd be lying to you if I said to you I knew what they were. But if I was in his shoes, and you know, you make the point about Lescott, well, Senderos had come in a few days before, he'd been training a week before, I think. He gets custard-pied by Rangers, then suddenly Lescott deal falls through. If I'm Senderos, at that point, I know I'm even more valuable to them. So you keep your options alive, probably still thinking this, is, this remains a great move for me. He's looking at a potential debut against Celtic. You've seen plenty of players, Robert, they go into a, an old firm debut or a, you know, a debut in one of those games. There's no middle ground. Either they're tremendous or they flop. 
and it can set the tone for the rest of their time there. But the, the one thing I think you can say about Sendros Derek is that he's got he's got a huge amount of experience. Oh. This is a guy who's played at the highest level in England. No he's got a huge amount of experience. Whether he's match fit, that remains to be seen. But you're right, it's going to be a daunting task for him to win an old firm game and make his debut. But at the same time, I think we'd agree Rangers they, they need to improve defensively. Yeah. So far this season, they've not been too great at the back, and I think it's a big important signing for Rangers. They had to get someone in. Lescott was number one target, we all know that. Senros has come in, he's got a lot of experience here, and you'd like to think, or you you would think, a guy of his experience is going to be able to handle that. Listen, I, I think there's a bit of scepticism about Senderos in terms of the type of player that he is. Personally speaking, I've never really been a huge fan of his, but see when all the same done, maybe Rangers should be getting a bit more credit for this signing, in the sense that this is a guy that by a mile, I think, has got the best CV of the squad. I know Barton probably is more high profile, in fact he is more high profile, but if you look at his CV, yep. nobody can touch him, he's played in several World Cups, so you know maybe Rangers should be getting a bit more credit for luring him to Rangers, and you're right, defensively they have to get that sorted, time will tell if he's the answer. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. <laughs> Just going back a wee bit to your original question about did we expect more, I think both you and I certainly expected more for Celtic. Yeah. Well, let's touch on that. I mean, yeah. obviously, the, the story this morning we've got in the back page is about Joseph Semenovic, a guy that's hardly played for Celtic in the last four or five months, uh, if at all. He looked as though he's on his way to Torino, it's not happened. Would you expect him to get back into the Celtic team, get back into the fold there, or, or do you think Brendan Rodgers is looking at other options? Well, I think the very fact that he was allowed to go to Torino in the first place would tell you that Rogers, Brendan Rodgers had sanctioned that. I think Brendan Rodgers is very much a manager who will get the say. You know, I think there was always a perception of Ronnie Dyler that there was most of the transfers were kind of not totally within his authority. I think it's different with Rodgers. And I think if Simeonovic was in Italy, that was with Rogers' blessing. I saw an interview with Simeonovic on Sky Sports yesterday and I thought he played that very well because it was a difficult one for him. Yeah. He sat in a cafe waiting to see what's happening and he's put in the spot about Celtic and he answered it acutely. He made it clear that if he has to go back to Celtic, he's more than happy and he made sure that due respect was paid to Celtic as well. Obviously, we now know he's had to come back to Celtic. I think there is a defender in him, Robert. Yep. I, I think there is a player. There's a question mark over his mental toughness in terms of injuries. I think there's a player in him and he could yet come back and establish himself. But that was one of the things that Ronnie Dyla did question was that mental toughness because he, we remember he played in several big games and, and limped off and, mm-hmm. and sustained injuries but at the same time I think he was unlucky in a lot of ways because by all accounts there was a not a misdiagnosis but there was there was injuries he had there at Celtic which weren't getting treated properly I don't think Yes. and, that, and that's not any accusations against the Celtic medical staff by any stretch of the imagination because it happens to a lot of players that they don't quite get their finger on what's wrong with him and I think that was the case with this lad as you say he's 22 he's got he's got decent pedigree there you would, you'd imagine if he does hang around that he could get into that Celtic defence because again albeit they've done brilliantly to get into the Champions League but they do need they have shown signs of weakness in that, that area no question and in terms of his injuries Robert I mean you know he himself I think two three weeks ago actually came out and confirmed that for about a month he'd been playing with a fracture on his knee yeah. which was extraordinary where I think he might have a chance with Brendan Rodgers is the fact that the occasions that we've seen him play, he is somebody that likes to bring the ball out and yep. he's, he's a passer. And that could appeal to Brendan Rodgers. 
What, what about the attacking options for Celtic there, Derek? Because as we touched on at the beginning, I think most of us expected, maybe in a day, two or three days ago, that Celtic were going to uh, bring in an attacking midfielder, albeit they've got about 500,000 midfielders at the club. <laughs> Is that again? Is that was that a surprise to you? Was yes. it, were you expecting Celtic to do a bit of business in that in that area? I was definitely. I heard fairly early on that he was looking for an attacking midfielder. You know, like you've just alluded to, I, I, that kind of surprised me a wee bit because they aren't exactly short of bodies in that respect. You know, you've got Ryan Christie for one, and maybe not quite as experienced as Rogers would like, but nevertheless, he's an option. I think they're a wee bit lightweight up front in terms of options. Griffiths is nursing a hamstring strain. I think hamstring injuries for players, it can haunt them. We don't yet know the severity of that hamstring strain. Then there's Dembele. The options up front are not plentiful. That particular I'm surprised with, Robert. It struck me, Derek, that maybe the Champions League draw that Celtic got, how, how tough it's going to be in the Champions League, maybe they're looking at it and thinking there's no real point and throwing a lot of money at it because it's going to be really tough for them. I think if they had a, a slightly easier group and you think, let's have a go at this, I think maybe Celtic are looking at it and thinking, we've won the ticket by getting to the Champions League so we don't have to break the bank in terms of what we do next. I, I, I would suspect that there could be money in the pot there for January right. and certainly next season and I think Brendan Rodgers may be wise enough to, to keep it back for that. Do you think the attacking midfielder pursuit also tells you what the tactics are going to be like in Champions League-wise in terms of counter-attacking? even if they might not have plentiful striking options, if somebody's pacey that can break out of midfield, that can almost like be a, an alternative striker, I don't know. I, th- I think there's no doubt Celtic made attempts to get a player in, and clearly it's not happened. But I thought they, they might have splashed something, if only just because they've got the resource now, haven't they? I thought they might have gone for it. And even domestically, Celtic will win the league, but if Griffiths was to aggravate the hamstring strain and be out, there's Dembele and then... But Brendan Rodgers, for all accounts, is very happy with what he's got. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. This weekend, Derek, obviously is not domestic football. We've got the Scotland game in Malta, a crucial game for Scotland and Gordon Strachan. The first game away from home. We cannot afford to drop anything in this game, Derek. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm slightly anxious about it. It's uh, We'll probably win 5-0 now, hopefully. <laughs> but a lot of guys have pulled out of this squad already and there's been a few drafted in. Ross McCormack, the name in the back page we've got this morning, the real surprise amongst the Tartan Army. Certainly that he's not been drafted in. Tony Watt getting the, the shout ahead of him. Did that surprise you? Because it certainly surprised me. This is a guy Yes. who's continually overlooked by Gordon Strachan and a few of us are not too sure why Yeah, I'm definitely in that camp Robert, I mean, listen, credit to Tony Watt he's obviously started the season well has he done enough to merit leapfrogging Ross McCormack? I don't think so I think McCormack has done it for long enough and I think if I was Ross McCormack I'd have every reason to be kind of harbouring bitter disappointment that continually being overlooked I think it's an extraordinary state of affairs We've spoken about this often enough about the striking situation that will show continued faith in a striker, Stephen Fletcher, who's a good player, no question, but doesn't score goals, but he's picked because he fits in a system. And here we have other striking options who score for fun, but don't get picked because they don't fit the formation. And for me, it comes a point where you have to think, well, we're not qualifying Surely we have to have a rethink and a, a look again at our formations. There's definitely no doubt. If you're Ross McCormack or even Jordan Rhodes, not now, but maybe a season ago, you're wondering what do you have to do to get into this Scotland squad? As you say, the one thing we're not particularly good at is scoring goals. And, and here we have two guys who are going for millions upon millions of pounds almost every transfer window. For long enough, I thought the same about Jordan Rhodes, but in fairness to Gordon Stratton, Gordon Stratton can justifiably turn around and say, well, hang on a minute, there's a clamour for Jordan Rhodes. He's not even playing for his club. Yeah. 
I suppose there's contradictions because there are other players getting picked, Alan Hutton, who are not playing for our club. So it's such a point of debate, really. Isn't it? What about the boy Oliver Buck? Huge transfer dealing for him. A surprise to many of us going to the Bundesliga, but absolutely fantastic when you think about right. it. One of your young players making that leap. Would you start him in Malta? Would you think he should be given the nod? I would definitely start with him, Robert. I mean, I know it's very easy just to see the transfer fee and to completely overlook his inexperience. I mean, this is this is a lad who's I don't think he's played more than what, 13, 14 starts in his career, and it's a sensational move. Okay. Let's be honest, who among us had heard of Red Bull Leipzig? But at the same time, I think after the last qualifying campaign, we just need a spark. I think this boy could provide that spark. We desperately need someone who's got that kind of pace and power, unpredictability in attack. There's the great headlines, you know, we all love them. You can be the new Gareth Bale. Um, Does that put pressure on Derek? Because we were speaking to James McFadden earlier on the weekend. It's a headline we've, we've seen before with, with a boy, but... It's a great angle. It's a good thing, though. Do we not want to build our players up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I saw an interview the other day with the kid and I loved it. You know, the kid was talking about pressure, but he said, you've got to deal with that. And I loved it. You know, he, he's 19, but he had a confidence. You know as well as I do, there's a thin line between confidence and cockiness and arrogance. And, and he was on the right side of it for me and I loved that. And I thought, here we have a Scottish player who could be something special. I'd play him. The lad's going to be so full of confidence. Yeah. And it's just something different for us. But partly deep down, I think he's not going to start. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. You're looking at the first three games, we, we go to Malta, we play Lithuania and then it's away to Slovakia. Yeah. I'm thinking we need at least seven points from those three games yeah, totally. to stand any chance of qualifying. Would you go along with that? Totally, yeah, totally. I mean, I think... Certainly six for the first two, yeah? Oh, no, I, I think that's just beyond debate. I think it has to be six. You know, I think it's a tough group. You know, I think probably there's a tendency to look at Slovenia and think, nah, I'll take care of them, take no. I don't think that's a gimme in any respect. Even Lithuania, I think with Scotland... Uh, Malta have to win, set a tone. Lithuania at home have to win. I stumble on any of them, and I, I think Gordon Strand's under big pressure. Do you think under big pressure in terms of we get sacked, or do you think he could walk away? I think big pressure in the sense that there'd be serious questions getting asked of them for the first time. I begin to sense that there's a tide turning yeah. towards the manager here for the first time. And I think a lot of that, it, okay, the, the finishing fourth was bad enough, but I think a lot of us have looked at the Euros and looked at Iceland, looked at Northern Ireland, Wales, Albania, and that's just made us even more disappointed. And if we start badly in this time, I just sense that there could be a wee turn, could be a wee change of mood. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, I, I like Gordon Strachan, I like the way he conducts himself, but I do agree with you. I think this is a huge spell for him as Scotland manager where he has to have to go off to a good start, otherwise there will be question marks and people will rightly be saying, where are we going with this? I think, by and large, he was fortunate to emerge from the Euro qualifying relatively unscathed because I still think there's a lot of faith in Gordon and I think there is obviously a feeling as well, well who else is out there that could replace him. He's a figure of considerable standing, finishing fourth was really poor, however he's earned the right I think probably over the piece to get another go at it. If we stumble in this the first two games though, I think at that point all better. Well let's hope Derek we don't stumble, no. let's hope we go off a good start Absolutely. with a, a three or four or five nil victory over Malta. How fantastic would that be? That would be marvellous. See if we get six points Two convincing wins and two convincing performances. Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, that was the podcast for myself, Robert Grieve and Derek McGregor. Hope we enjoyed that. We wish Scotland well in Malta this weekend and we'll do a podcast next week discussing it all. Thank you very much. Hold up. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.